Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of Exodus. 34, chapter 34. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we go any further. Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, we thank you for your presence that is here with us today. Lord, I've been looking forward to this all week. I've been looking forward to being here with my brothers and sisters and being in your presence. God, you're so good. You're so faithful to meet us here, Lord. Lord, we just ask that you would move in a mighty way today, God, you know the work you want to do. You don't need our input on it. You don't need our help or our assistance. You really just need us to get out of the way. And so, Lord, help me do that right now. Help me to just get out of the way and let your Holy Spirit move and speak to each and every one of us today. God, you are good. You are worthy of praise. You are faithful. You are holy. You are all-powerful. We just exalt the holy name of Jesus today, Lord, and we ask this in His name. Amen. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 34, we're going to read verse 29 and 30 here. Now it was so when Moses came down from Mount Sinai and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. So when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to come near him. What I want to talk to you about today is, is being in the presence of God. And what we see in this passage that we just read was how Moses entered into the presence of God and it, it made a visible physical change to him. People could look at Moses and see something different. It says that his face shone, his face lit up. It was, it was an obvious difference. These people knew Moses. They had spent time with Moses. They, they had seen his face day after day after they left Egypt. They, they encountered Moses regularly, but all of a sudden, when Moses got into the presence of God and he came down from the mountain, they saw something different. They saw a change that had taken place physically to Moses' face. Moses also encountered God another time, many times, but the first time that he encountered God was a thing called the burning bush. Y'all have all heard the story, I'm sure. Moses, before he encountered the burning bush, what, what was he doing? This, this was a guy 
running from the law, so to speak. He, he had murdered an Egyptian and he fled Egypt because of that. He didn't want to have to deal with the punishment of what he had done. So he spends 40 years wandering around in the wilderness, tending to sheep, avoiding what God had for him. You see, he had a purpose. He had, he had a, a thing for Moses to do, and Moses had really messed that up by killing this Egyptian, taking things into his own hands. But God encounters him at this burning bush. And as Moses approaches it to see what's going on, a voice comes out of this burning bush. The burning bush in itself was weird enough, but then the thing starts talking to him. And what does it say? It says, Moses... Take off your shoes. The ground you're standing on is holy. So Moses approaches this bush and, and he's changed. Now this was not a physical outward change. Because when Moses approached the bush, he was a murderer that was on the run. But when Moses left the presence of God in that burning bush, he became the one that was going to go set the Israelites free. He became a Savior. He became a Redeemer. In an instant, in a moment, God's presence changed him. It changed who he was. It changed what he was about. At one moment he's fearful. In the next moment he's got a mission. He, he says to God, God, how am I going to do that? I can't speak. He said, look, you can do it. He said, I don't know, God. You, 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 you hear me stuttering. He said, fine. If you, if you ain't going to talk and you're not going to trust that I can do what I say I do, I'll give you somebody to help you. I'll take your brother Aaron with you. But one way or another, you've got something to do, Moses. And he comes into the presence of God, fearful, running for his life for 40 years, and he leaves the presence of God on a mission. I've got work to do. I've got to go do what God has called me to do, and I'm going to be instrumental in seeing the Israelites set free from bondage. The presence of God will change you. Do you hear me today, church? Entering into the presence of God changes you. If you truly enter into His presence, you cannot stay the same. There's another guy by the name of Joshua. In, 30, in Exodus 33 and 11, it says, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp. So, Moses would go into the tabernacle, this tent that they set up. And when, when Moses would go in, the, it, was, it said there was a visible indicator, this cloud, the presence of God would descend on this tent. People all around could look and see what was going on. Nobody else approached. But what does it say here at the end of of 33 and 11, it says, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun. Okay? Let's go back, because we'll miss it. Moses would go into the tabernacle, and then it says he would return to the camp. So, So he would go in, the presence of God would come down, 
the presence of God would leave. He would return to the camp. He was most likely going to deliver a word that God had given him for the people. Whatever it was, it was time to go back. It says, But Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. He said, I'm staying right here. Why? Why didn't he follow Moses? Joshua didn't get to go inside, but he knew where the presence of God was going to be. You hear me? He knew, I can stay right here, the presence of God's going to come back here. May not be over there, might not be over there, but I know it'll be right here. Listen, this tells you something about a character quality within Joshua that we ought to have a hunger for, church. He, he longed for the presence of God. He wanted to be as close to God as he could get. He couldn't go up in the middle. He couldn't stand there face to face like Moses did, but he's right outside the tent. Listening, what's going on? I feel something. Y'all, God's presence is not limited by a tent. I'm here today to tell you that the, the hunger that Joshua had was something that, that we ought to be looking for in our own life. He, he said, you know what, I'm going to get as close as I can. When the presence of God comes down, I want to be here. Maybe it'll spill over on me. Maybe there'll be a change in me like I've seen in my brother Moses. Maybe there's something that'll happen in my life. Maybe, have you ever thought to ask yourself this question, maybe that is why Joshua was chosen to lead the people after Moses died? Maybe it was that quality of him that said, I want every bit of the presence of God I can get. I want everything I can get from him. Maybe it was that hunger and thirst for righteousness in Joshua that, that was the deciding factor of who's going to lead the Israelites. That determination to be near to God speaks of a spiritual characteristic that each and every one of us should want in our lives. There's two different types of changes we've seen here. Moses immediately changed. Multiple times we saw immediate change in Moses. At the burning bush, he changes from a murderer on the run to a man of God ready to go deliver his people. And then we see an immediate change when he goes up to the mountain to receive those, those two tablets of the, of the commandments of God. He comes down and he's immediately, visibly, physically changed. People see him and they know the difference. But then there's also this other type of change that's not immediate. We see Joshua change. We, we see over a period of time how, how God, because of His continuous seeking after God and wanting to be in His presence, we see Joshua changed into the man that would lead the Israel nation. We see him become stronger and stronger in his commitment to God to the point that he is the one that's chosen to lead. He turns from a man that's just following around the man of God to being the man of God. That might be more uh, uh, common to what we would see today. We may not see that visible physical change, 
we may not always see an immediate change. I, I've known people, I've seen people that were, that were saved and immediately there's a difference in their life. I've also seen people saved and over a period of time as they continue to seek the presence of God and get closer to Him, you, you see that refinement take place. I've seen people saved and immediately go into the mission work. Get out there, and man, they're evangelizing immediately. And I've seen people that grow slowly over time because they continue to go back to the presence of God, getting everything they can, and God continues to grow them and use them for His purposes. So don't be discouraged when you don't see the immediate change. Continue going back to the presence of God. That is the main thing we need to take today is you can choose today what you're going to do. You can choose today. Listen to this. In Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 6, it says, Therefore understand that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness. This, this is Him speaking to the nation of Israel. He's not giving them this promised land because of their righteousness. He says, for you are a stiff-necked people. You're stubborn. You're hard-headed. You don't want to listen. Y'all, let's look at the Israelites for a moment. First of all, before I say anything derogatory, I want you to understand that they are very much like us. We are very much like them. So let's not be too hard on them, because I have done the same things many times in my life. But what we see is, we see the group of Israelites that come out of Egypt see miracle after miracle the work of God going on all around them. Tremendously powerful things. They see the plagues in Egypt that come on at the voice of Moses. As Moses speaks these things, things begin to happen. They see, they see him throw down this staff and it turn into a snake and eat up the other ones. They, they see crazy things time and time again. They get to the Red Sea, it's parted, and they cross on dry ground. They get hungry, food comes. They get thirsty, water comes out of rocks. Just time and time again, God moves in mighty ways in their life. And they're not changed. What was the difference? See, there is a difference in seeing God move and getting in His presence. They weren't changed because they didn't get into the presence of God. In fact, what happened? When Moses went up onto the mountain, they said, hey man, let's make us our own God. Just that quick. I don't know how much time went by. Let's, let's just stretch it out and say it was a month. I don't know. How quick... Do you forget about what God has done and turn to something else? You know why? Because they were never changed. They never got into the presence of God seeking God to do something in their life. But you got Moses and Joshua that can't get enough. They say, God, I want you to do what you want to do. Come and move me. Stiff-necked. 
I see it, whatever. Now, how many of you have done that? I have. I have done it. Seen God move. Look, here, here's the more common example. We come to church. We know the presence of God is here. Let me just throw something else out there. Physical location has nothing to do with you being in His presence. Because the one sitting next to you can be in His presence and you're not. God is not limited by physical space and so He inhabits the praise of His people. And when His people are beginning to praise and, and welcome His presence, His presence comes. But you may be standing here saying, yeah, I ain't doing that. And you ain't even feeling His presence. So the more common thing that we see today is, is we see Christians that aren't hungry for His presence come into the house of God where the presence of God is moving and working and they leave the exact same way they came in. Why? Because we get stiff-necked. We get stubborn. We get hard-headed. We see God doing things around us, but we're not allowing Him to do it in us. And at the same time, somebody else can come in from the world one way. Come into the house of God. Enter into His presence and leave different from the way they came. They leave changed. If you enter into His presence, y'all, you're going to change. Something's got to give. And when you enter His presence, the presence of somebody that's pure, holy, that is, it is full of life and righteousness, something in you is going to be consumed. So are you truly entering His presence? Or are you just around it? The Israelites were around it. They saw God's presence come down. And they said, well, that's cool. Back to work. Joshua said, oh, it's time again. Let me get over there. I, I realize he just left, but let me hang around because he might come back. It's a different mindset. You can do the same exact thing today if you want to. You can be like the Israelites that are at the camp seeing all this stuff going on and say, yeah, but man, wasn't it nice back in Egypt? Wasn't that better? It, that's good for Moses. I don't need to get in the middle of that. I'm just going to go to the promised land. I'm just going to do what I do. Y'all, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know the specific statistics because I've not done a study. This is strictly based on my gut, okay? The majority of Christians, and I truly mean Christians, people that are saved, that will be in heaven, live a life complacent. They're satisfied with salvation alone. And God has so much more for you in His presence. God has so much more for you. But we get to a place where we're just comfortable with what we have and we don't want no more. Why? Because it's not easy. It's not easy to want 
to be in His presence all the time. It's not. It's not natural. And I'm, let me say it that way. It's not natural because this man, the flesh, the, the, the fleshly idea of who Kevin Alfred is, doesn't desire that. But the spiritual man does. And so which one am I feeding? Which one are you feeding? Are you the one that, that came into this place not expecting to receive anything today? You're coming to church because you know you're supposed to go to church. You're, you're coming to church because you want to be in church. But you didn't really truly come expecting to receive anything. And because of that, because the, the, there's a lack of a hunger and a thirst in you for more of God, you, you leave the way you came in. And you say, hey, yeah, we had a good church service today. It was good singing. Hopefully you leave here saying there's a good message. But truly, nothing has really changed from the moment you came to the moment you left. Or, or would you rather be one of those that, that came, maybe you didn't come expecting to receive anything, but now that, that God is working around you, you don't want to be like the stiff-necked Israelites. You don't want to be like you have even been in your own life from time to time. And you're saying, you know what? No, no, today I want to truly enter into the presence of God. I don't want to miss the opportunity to, to see Him pass by and then just not even take part in it and leave the same way I came. I want to leave different. Y'all, this ain't about I want God to do something crazy in me for my own good. I want God to do something great that His name can be exalted because He don't want nothing but good for you anyway. Don't come in here and leave the same way you came. Get into His presence. Get into His presence and you will be changed. There's some of you today, and I, I can say these kind of things, y'all, because I experience them, Okay? Please don't ever think when I say things like this that I'm, I'm accusing you of something or, or speaking down to you in any way. But I know there's some of you here today that need God to do something in your life. And there's probably a, a, a component of you somewhere that wants God to do something in your life. But there's these other overriding factors that play in and it limits what, what God does because you lean more toward that. Do you, do you trust God? Boy, that's, a, that's one of those questions that seems easy to answer until you start really trying to examine yourself and answer it. The easy answer is, well, yeah, I trust God. But do you? Do you really trust Him? See, when I was a kid, I had complete 100% trust in my parents. They didn't let me down. Most of us don't remember because we're usually too small to remember, but you ever seen a, a dad grab his kid up and just chunk them as high in the air as they can and 
Most of the time, there, there's every now and then there's somebody that's afraid of heights, but most of the time the kid's just laughing and, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Never, never thinking that there's a possibility their dad may not catch them. Complete confidence. Complete trust that my dad has got me. I remember I would go to the, the Barclays house as a kid and they always had bad dogs. Man, those dogs were scary. I don't know if those dogs were really bad, but to me they were. And I, I remember every time that, that we were getting ready to leave, I would grab onto my dad. And I remember him carrying me to the car and one of those dogs nipping at my shoe. So I think they were bad. <laughs> but why did I go to him? Come on, church. Why did I go to him? I trusted him. I, I truly trusted that nothing could harm me when my dad had me. Now, do you really trust God? Or is it just... You know you should. Because if you truly trust Him, you're not worried about anything He's going to do to you. You're not worried about anything that could happen to you when you're in His presence. You're not worried about bad things somehow happening and me getting mixed up with the wrong crowd. When you're in His presence, there's comfort, there's confidence, there's no fear whatsoever. So do you really trust Him? Do you really believe that He'll do what He says He'll do? Don't come into this place and leave the way you came. If you do, that's your own fault. Come into this place. Seek His presence. And let me just be clear, this ain't the place for His presence only. His presence can be anywhere. His, His presence can be at home. His presence can be in the car. It, it don't matter. His presence is where you are if you will seek Him out. Get into His presence and begin to hunger and thirst for more of Him. Long to be right there with Him. I'm telling y'all, I have been at times in my life when I felt nothing but stress and, and, and chaos and, and no peace whatsoever. And I begin to call on His name. I begin to sing praises. begin to worship Him because I know the Word says that He inhabits the praise of His people. Why is it so important to know the Word of God? Because you can stand on promises like that. And I begin to praise Him, and all of a sudden, that fear leaves. That chaos begins to calm down. All of a sudden, all, that, all of that chaos going on in my life, I see it from a different perspective. Because I'm in the presence of God. I'm changed. I'm changed. I have confidence then. Knowing God's at work on my behalf. Uncertainty leaves. I ain't worried about uncertainty anymore. Because I know He knows the future. He sees around the corner. He knows all the things coming ahead before we ever even talk about it. I can trust Him. I'm telling you, church, don't leave here today the way you came. 
Take the opportunity today. Let's get in His presence and, and let's seek God to do something in our life. God, what is your need today? What did you come in here carrying that you shouldn't be carrying? What kind of baggage did you bring in and you, you had every intention of the world of continuing to carry that right back out the door with you? You didn't even think, today's the day I'm going to lay it down. Till I got up here and started running my mouth. Now you're thinking, do I really want to let it down? Yeah, that's what I said. You, you heard right. You didn't misunderstand me. We do things like that all the time. We carry these burdens around with us like some sort of martyr wanting people to feel sorry for us. We carry those things around so we can feel sorry for ourselves. Why? Lay it down. Let it go. Forgive that person that hurt you. Let that, let that debt go. Be healed. Be healed spiritually, physically, whatever it is. Don't, don't keep carrying that. How many times have we been hurt uh, emotionally and, and the, the damage just continues? It, we just carry it around. We, we, yeah, that's how it is because I've been, I've been hurt. That, that doesn't ever get fixed. Yeah, he can. In his presence, it can. In his presence, everything can be made new again. That's what the Word tells us, that, that new life springs up within us and, and old things are passed away. And behold, we need to say behold more. You know? It, it, it kind of makes a statement, doesn't it? It means, hey, take, a, take notice. Pay attention. Look. Behold, all things are made new. Y'all, when is the last time, church? Come on. When is the last time that you felt like everything in you was new again? That's what we need right there, right? Look, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you've, you've served the Lord, how long you've been a Christian. That is not a factor. That does not tell you anything about what God is or what God can do. Because I don't care if you've been a Christian for a hundred years. He can make things new again. That's, that's who He is. You can be made new again today. You can leave here today with a, a fresh start, new life. Or you can leave the same way you came if you want to.